Last night, in farcical scenes at the University of Sydney, protesters blocked students from attending a talk by my next guest, Bettina Arndt. The riot squad was called in when students would not move out of a corridor, protesting, trying to stop other students from attending Bettina Arndt's talk. If you haven't seen the photos of the protest, go and have a look on our website, dailytelegraph.com.au. They have to be seen to be believed. Now, Bettina's talk did go ahead and she spoke about how universities have increasingly become unsafe places for young men and that is in large part because of things such as you know feminist causes and feminist myths such as the campus rape campus rape epidemic. Bettina Arndt joins us on the line now. Hello Bettina. Hi Miranda. Thanks for coming on. It's a very scary experience for you last night. What was it like being there in the auditorium? Oh, it was quite frightening, actually. I was very worried, not only for myself, but for the, you know, many young people who were trying to get through to be part of my audience, mm. particularly young women. Um, we only had, we start, you know, by the time the demonstrators gathered, we only had about 10 of our audience there with, I think it's something like 90 had paid to come along, and they were all stuck outside trying to get through. And we're really, I was going about to say manhandled, but maybe we can't even say that anymore. Women handled. <laughs> Person handled. Some of them were flung against the wall oh, by these protesters really? as they were trying to get through. And, it, and then it just got worse and worse. We had six nice, big, burly security guys trying to protect us, and they were holding them back as they were trying to get into the room where we were. And finally the security people called the police. And, you know, 20, I don't know how many right, right police turned up and just cleared them out. But, I mean, it, apparently this is just part of the course at Sydney University. They have constant problems like this. And the security people are just toothless tigers. They know, the students know they have no authority to remove them or to, you know, do, to call them out in any way, to take any disciplinary action against them. And that's the problem. Well, you're in esteemed company when it comes to being shut down with everyone from Jordan Peterson to Ben Shapiro, Lauren Southern getting the same treatment from feral campus protesters. And good on you for continuing on. I know, I know when Jordan Peterson was out here from Canada recently, he was still quite shaken by uh, a talk that he gave, I think, at the University of Toronto, where there were students, protesters outside the building, smashing on the window, actually broke one of the windows, climbing the walls. It's it's demonic. Oh, it is. And I, I had that at the Trobe the previous week, where we had people bashing on glass window doors, doors trying to get in, all the way through my talk. And the security guard there was standing inside the door. I mean, I just thought there was madness, not even trying to stop them to blocking the door so that they couldn't make that din. And they were chanting all sorts of horrible abuse about me all the way through. We couldn't even... I mean, I was trying to conduct a and a with the students who'd come along and they couldn't even hear the... We couldn't hear the questions or the answers because of the noise they were making. This was at La Trobe. La Trobe. And last night they set off fire alarms and all the usual stuff they do. Right. So, I mean, you're, you know, a child of the 60s. You grew up in that that sort of radical era of student protests, I guess, around the Vietnam era. Um, is this reminiscent of that or worse? Well, I mean, I think it's very... What's, what's really different about it, of course, is we were the left wing, and the students, they were demanding the right of free speech, demanding to be able to, 
you know, demonstrate about anything they like. And, of course, now they're the ones that are shutting down free speech. I mean, that's been the real twist now. Um, and it's been quite extraordinary. And you were from that. the left. I, I don't really know how the violence compares. I, the security guards I was talking to say it's getting worse and worse mm. from their point of view. And you were from the left in those days, of course. Have you changed or ha- ha- has the world changed? Um, oh, I think the world has changed. And I, I, don't, I don't really think I'm... I've changed my opinions enormously. I just think that we've got a more and more... I see them as actually a very conservative mm. group amongst the feminists who are arguing for, you know, instead of arguing for women to take their place in the world and be strong and independent, they're arguing for women as eternal victims needing protection, which I find very odd. And it certainly jars with my notion of, of feminism. And uh, It's a very you know, patriarchal idea, isn't it? I think it uh, is. one, of, one of the great writers overseas uh, calls them faint, fainting couch feminists because they <laughs> are like sort of Victorian-era snowflakes. That's right. And, the, you know, this issue that I'm trying to raise about the rape crisis on the campuses is very much around this idea of protecting women, all women being potential victims, men being always the aggressors, and it's a very dangerous movement. So your speech, what was it that you said or were going to say that riled the protesters so much? Well, what they're really angry about is I'm saying there's no rape crisis on our campuses. We spend a million dollars for this survey that was conducted by the Human Rights Commission, and they found 99.2% of students said they had no experience whatsoever with anything you could possibly define as rape, uh, sexual assault. And that included, you know, being tricked into sex against their will or having some stranger touch them on the train. Nothing. Uh, and most of the, the women who did complain said that they, what, they, what happened to them wasn't serious enough for them to want to seek help. So we're not talking about even there, amongst the incidents that did occur, there weren't what, there were many that most of us wouldn't regard as rape. And this is a real cause for celebration. This is about the safety of our universities. And I think the vice chancellors across the country are absolutely culpable in continuing to lie about this issue in order to appease this small group of no- noisy feminist activists rather than telling the truth about our safe campuses. Don't we want to attract more students to this country? I mean, what about all these families in Asia who would like to send their precious daughters here? What are they to think, that we've got campuses crawling with rapists? Yeah, it's insane. And the other issue I think you were talking about was this uh, elaborate consent process that universities are trying to institute. Yes, and that's that's all part of the same feminist campaign. Um, because it's about tilting the laws in favour of the alleged rape victims uh, and against, you know, the, the normal legal rights of the accused. And the whole enthusiastic consent idea is, that, of course, that the male has to get um, consent every inch of the way when he's, approach, you know, initiating... Uh, or it could be a woman, of course, but it's usually the man who's initiating some sort of sexual activity. He has to say, you know, all along the way, can I do this? Can I touch you? Can I kiss you? Can I touch your breast? Is it okay? Um, which, of course, is the last thing that many women want. It's not exactly um, very romantic, is it? Oh, it's shocking. And, <laughs> I mean, how farcical, really, for relationships, for universities to think that they can get so down and dirty into the intimate relationships between their young students. It's 
it's it's it's really uh, a sort of a totalitarian type of attitude. Yeah, but it's not just the universities on that one. I mean, the New South Wales Law Reform Commission has been asked to look at introducing this idea of enthusiastic consent. Is there are rape laws for the whole state? Uh, so this is all part of the same same feminist push for victim-centred justice. And what's really fascinating about that is we've seen that all come really badly unstuck in Britain, where a whole series of rape cases have fallen apart because it turned out that part of this victim-centred justice was uh, the, the police and the prosecutors were hiding critical evidence mm. that the accused could use to defend himself. And when this came out, a whole series of rape cases fell apart and they, they're now in going back and looking again and re-examining all the major rape cases over the last few years. And the police have announced they're no longer pursuing this course of victim-centred justice, which is believe all victims. Now, here we have, across the other side of the world, Australia trying to go down the same road that's proved so dangerous, both in Britain and also in America. And, I mean, the injustice caused and the <coughs> destroyed lives of the men who are unjustly accused and also of the women who have been somehow lured into thinking that they've been uh, so gravely offended against when they haven't been. Yes, it's, and, it's not good for the women either. And, and what about the real rape victims, I mean, who have actually been raped when they're thrown into a basket with these trivialities. Well, it must make it more difficult to obtain real rape convictions. When, you, when you've got people being, women being told that they can turn around, they can give consent and then turn around at the end and say, oh, no, no sorry, I withdraw that consent, or they can stop halfway through. I mean, there's a really famous case in Perth called the 32nd Rapist, where it, a, a, a man was accused of rape because he was having he was actually having sex with a friend of his wife in the house with the knowledge of his wife and he's having sex and it and just before he was about to ejaculate um she said no 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 I don't want to keep going and he went on for 30 seconds longer and the the judge uh, convicted him and he was sentenced to 4 years in prison served 6 months and then appealed, and it turned out that the wife had set him up with her friend because oh. she wanted to get him convicted of rape and removed from her, the shared the house they shared. Wow! And those two women actually went to prison for perverting the course of justice, which is really rare. I mean, yes, false accusers hardly ever end up in prison, but they served seven months. And but he. His life was destroyed. His business was destroyed. He spent a million dollars trying oh. to defend himself. Well, let that be a Sally True tale. And imagine someone without a million dollars to defend themselves Absolutely. languishing and, in and jail. And, of course, in America what's fascinating is we've seen this push, same, same sort of feminist push in the universities where across America Obama introduced uh, tribunals requiring the universities, to all publicly funded universities had to do this. They had to set up tribunals to investigate and try rape cases and young men across America were thrown out of colleges based on minimal evidence without lawyers to defend them and there were just horrific cases of injustice there and now those young men and their families are suing universities and the universities are losing most of their cases. And fascinating thing is Trump is announced, the Trump administration is trying to wind all this back and they've actually, uh, in the last few weeks, well, uh, an article <laughs> was leaked to the New York Times showing the, the changes that Trump is proposing to make. 
uh, which are all about introducing proper protection for people being falsely accused. And across America, we've seen there is editorial after editorial being published in major newspapers saying about time to... You know, it's been really unfair what's happened in campuses across the country. Well, we have the rule of law. It's just madness. The rule of law is there for a reason, and you can't, you know, circumvent it with these ridiculous new regulations. And now, Bettina, you're not going to let these protests deter you, are you? Oh, absolutely not. So no, where are you? We're going to take action against the university for what happened last night. We're, we're getting the names of the key protesters. We're going to ask the university why they don't enforce their code of conduct, which, which is supposed to protect students from other stre- students harassing them or interfering well, with their Well, those protesters should be uh, at least suspended. Absolutely. Mm. And, and we're going to try to see if we, that can happen. Um, and also, I've, I've got talks booked in across the country now. We've got University of Queensland in a few weeks, University of Western Australia, Canberra, ANU. So they're all lining up, and I'm really delighted Fantastic. about this. Good on you, Bettina, aren't you? are doing God's work. Keep it up. <laughs> Thank you, Miranda. Sorry about my croaky voice. It was a very stressful evening. <laughs> I'll bet it was. Well, you look, you good on you. Very brave. And uh, keep, it, keep it going. It's really important what you're doing. Thank you. And that's Bettina Arndt, uh, who's just been at Sydney University last night, where the riot police had to be called in to protect the people who were there at her talk uh, from absolutely feral protesters. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.